What is up, Badger fans? Um, we're going to talk a little bit today about Gregor. Get a bunch of your comments, a bunch of thoughts that y'all have, and why I'm putting a, a moratorium on the some of the guard talk for now. We're going to talk about all that and more in today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. As always, I am your host, Ryan Herrings, and I want to thank you so much for allowing me to steal a little bit of your time for supporting the show, for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening to it on the podcast, wherever you're getting it, thank you so much. Um, it means the world to me that we're kind of building this this Badger community. And if you're on the Discord, that's awesome too. If you're not, come join us. Talk Badgers. It's free. All right, let's talk about so we we've done so much great guard talk recently, right? Um, and and for good reason, right? We, we, people want to talk about it. People are frustrated. The standard is very high in Madison for all the reasons we talked about. I want to kind of wrap up some of my big picture thoughts right here, and then I'm going to put those in a Ziploc bag, a terrarium. I'm going to seal it shut. I'm going to put it on a shelf. I'm going to see check back in six months and see what's grown in there. Um, you know, so I'm putting a moratorium on it for a little bit for me. Uh, I'm going to put again kind of wrap up the things I think I've learned, the things that I think that we all kind of agree on with Greg Guard, And then I'm going to kind of stop talking about it for a while. Now, if you all still want to talk about it, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you want to come at it from a different angle, I'm here for that, right? I think it's arrogant for me to say we're, we're done talking about this. No, I'm just saying I'm going to be kind of done going in the roundabout that we're going. Because right now, one of the things I wanted to talk about is we're not learning anything new this season. Right, we continue to kind of chop up these same uh, rehash talking points. Um, whether you're on one side of the spectrum, on the other side of the spectrum, or if you're in the middle, where a lot of people are, by the way, a lot of people aren't on either extreme. A lot of people are somewhere in that middle sphere. No matter what, the, the arguments are now just kind of recycling themselves. Right, we're kind of saying the same stuff, and I don't think one one of the first things I want to talk about. I don't think we're learning anything new the rest of this year. Like we keep, and Justin pointed this out, we keep relitigating after every win or after every loss. And in the, the big picture, those really don't matter. This, a couple of things that I think we can all agree on, right? And maybe not, I shouldn't say all. No, you can never find anything that everybody agrees on in today's world, right? There's always going to be somebody who's like, eh, I don't, I don't agree. I'm not there with you. But for the most part, I think we can all agree this just isn't a good team. It's not a good team. It's a bad year maybe has a ceiling of becoming mediocre if they go on a run, whatever. We can all agree, though. It's a bad team. So, you know, when they go on and they lose a couple more games, it's a bad team. They're going to lose more. We're not going to learn anything new in those moments. It's a team without depth. It's a team that's lacking athleticism. It's a team that's going to go on more offensive droughts. All these things are going to happen still. So when they happen, let's let's not grab the pitchforks and go out to the Citadel and try to burn it down. Like, those things are going to happen again and again this year. And conversely, if, if guard wins a couple games, that doesn't change the calculus that overall this team is not very good. This season's not very good. It's not up to standards in Madison, for sure. That gets me to my next point. We all agree this is a substandard season for Madison. This isn't acceptable, right? I think we all agree on these points. We're really not going to learn much else the rest of the year. Now, here's here's the caveat. Again, I said I'm going to put a mor moratorium on the fire guard, keep guard talk for a little while. The The caveat to that is, let's say, over the rest of the year, the wheels fall off, right? Like everything falls apart. Everything goes to crap. They lose every game. They're not competitive. 
yeah, then I think we need to revisit some serious conversations here. That might be it, right? If that were to happen, that's probably it, right? McIntosh would probably need to step in. Also, conversely, let's say he goes on some crazy run. None of us sees, sees happening. And it's not likely. He beats Purdue. He's, we split with Michigan. We go to the tournament. We go to the dance, whatever. Then maybe we need to revisit some conversations as well. But I don't think either of those are going to happen. Those are remote possibilities on both ends of the spectrum. The realistic truth is we're we're going to continue to be a mediocre team. We're going to win a couple games. We're going to lose a bunch of games. We're not going to look good. And we're not going to learn anything new. So let's stop bashing our heads against the wall Excuse me, after every win and loss. Again, this is just where I'm at. Um, the other thing I think that we've learned, or not even that we've learned, but that we agree on, is this This offseason's critical, right? Again, there's a lot of common ground that we can agree on here. This offseason is absolutely critical for Greg Gard. Like, you have to upgrade the athleticism on this team. There's a lot of people who don't think he can do it. And quite frankly, if he can't do it, he's going to get fired. Right? Maybe not right away, but if he can't upgrade the talent and athleticism on this roster – it's going to be the death knell for him. He will be fired. And if he's able to, and he's able to, to bring in more talent, and if he's able to hit the transfer portal, and he's able to upgrade the talent on the roster, he's going to be fine. He's going to stay because he's a pretty good in-game coach. I, some people disagree with me on that. I don't think you win a conference if you're not a good in-game coach. I'm just – I mean, that's where I'm at. There's a lot of coaches with talent that don't win the Big Ten last year, right, if you put them in the same shoes. I, I think guard can get a lot out of the pieces if he has the right pieces. That the big question is, and it's what we continue to just kind of go back and forth on, is can he get the right pieces consistently? I don't know. I, I'm not sure if he can. I, I'm anxious to see him try this offseason. I'm anxious to see what happens. But, I mean, it's it's a huge offseason. It's got to start happening this year, right? The other thing, two other things I want to point out that I'm interested in is the, the, the signal flares up, right? I was talking to Rajiv about this, and we were kind of going back and forth. You know, Chris McIntosh shot the warning flare into the sky, and it's it's burned brightly, and everybody saw it. Paul Christ is no longer the coach at Wisconsin. Greg Gard saw that, right? Clearly, he, he saw that, and he's he's got to understand the ramifications that, you know, um, being mediocre is not good enough at Wisconsin, right? He, he's going to understand some ramifications there. And again, I go back to the what I previously said. If he doesn't, if he doesn't take that warning flare seriously, if he doesn't react appropriately, if he doesn't attack this offseason, He's going to get eventually. He's going to get fired. It's going to be the end of him, right? There's something I I think that's can be really interesting about people is sometimes they do their best work under pressure, right? And I think for the most part, Paul Chris got kind of lackadaisical. He he didn't really feel the pressure. He thought I don't think he thought the seat was warm. A Wisconsin guy winning seventy percent of his games. I think Guard has had a little bit of that as well, not to the same level. Um, I truly think that not to the same level, but I think he's had some of the comfortable boat ride where he hasn't really felt the pressure, the turbulence. I, I think he's, he feels it now. And sometimes people under pressure surprise you. I, I know a lot of people have completely written off Greg guard and that's fine. Like I have no issue with, with that, by the way. Um, I'm, I, I'm not incredibly invested in him either. Like I, I don't think he's necessarily the sure proof answer. You know, I think there's a lot of question marks, but I know, some people have completely written him off and said it's it's got to be done. It's got to be over. I'm just telling you, just don't be shocked if he reacts, if he surprises you now that the pressure's on. Because sometimes we need, we've all had failures in life, right? Sometimes you need to have that failure, look in the mirror and say, oh man, I, I have, like this was a kick in my butt. I would say something else, but I don't actually know what words I can say on the podcast. But sometimes you have to get your butt kicked a little bit to say, all right, I, I got to change some things. I got to adjust some things. It's not good enough. And this offseason is Greg Gard's opportunity to do that because 
this is going to be one of the first times in his Wisconsin tenure, really. One of not the first, but one of the first where he's had to really take a hard look in the mirror and say, what we put on the court this year wasn't good enough, period. And I have to adjust some things. So I'm very curious and anxious to see what an offseason looks like after he saw Paul Chris get fired, after he had some pressure applied. And again, I'll go back to said it twice, and I'm going to say it a third time. If he fails to react with with some with some vigor, that's that's probably we're probably not gonna have Greg Gar for too much longer. And that's fine. Like you have to this is not a good enough season. Now, how do you react to it as a head coach, right? Do you attack the portal more aggressively? Do you have some tough conversations? Justin's talked about this. Have some tough conversations with some players on your roster, right? About playing time and and potential landing spots. Do you try to aggressively? I don't want to, yeah, I'm going to say recruit over people, right? That That's the name of the game. Like you have to bring in more talent and you can't worry about players' egos necessarily getting bruised. So I'm very interested in it this offseason. That's my kind of big picture gray guard stuff. I'm going to put a bit of a moratorium on it for me. Again, if y'all want to talk about it, I'm here for it. Absolutely. Because I I don't want to tell other people what to talk about or not. That's silly and that, that would be arrogant. Um, and that's not what this is about. But just for me, I'm going to stop leading the show with it probably. Um, we'll talk more about what's going on on the court because I just don't think we're getting any more answers this year, whether he's the guy or not. We're going to see continue seeing the same old, same old because we know who this team is. Let's stop being surprised by the the – the peaks and the valleys of it. We know who they are. A mediocre, inconsistent, not talented enough, middle of the road, Big Ten team. That's probably not going to March, barring some type of craziness. It is what it is. Um, and a lot of that's on guard, 100%. The roster's not good enough. That falls on the head coach. All right, coming up next, uh, so many comments and questions uh, from majority of the, the basketball shows we've done recently, but also some football stuff. We're going to get into that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online, or over at Built Bar. I'm sorry, Built Bar. Uh, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat, all the calories, you got to try Built Bar. And we just got through the holidays, obviously. Like I'm trying to get a little better. I know a lot of people are trying to be a little healthier. If that's your goal, you've got to try Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. How's that for crazy, right? Healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, it's covered 100% real chocolate, real chocolate. Not a typo. I didn't mispronounce that. Real chocolate in a real protein bar. Unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure how they do it, but they taste like candy while maintaining amazing nutritional value. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 or more grams of protein. And now you don't need to go wait around to get a box. You don't need to go online, go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club. It's all right there. They've gone mainstream because they are incredible. The people demanded more and they got more. So go get yourself a box of Built Bars. Pick up the four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, grab the 13-bar box. Hit flavors. It's going to thank me later. It's going to be one of your healthy hacks. Built Bar, go get, uh, go pick it up right now. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's let's get into some comments. Um, a lot of questions. Again, we try to do 
get all your thoughts in on this show as well. It's been kind of hard with me traveling, but this is going to be a good show. I've got a lot of them written down from the YouTube comments. Uh, let's start here. Big Apple Bucky. And again, I apologize for those. I, I say this all the time, but I can only fit a snippet of the larger comments in. I have a 200 character limit. Keep that in mind too. If you're making comments, if you make long ones, I read them all. I can't fit them all in. So Big Apple Bucky, I thought had a really interesting point. He says, uh, Mac has two failing winter sports programs to improve. Obviously talking about um, basketball, but hockey, men's hockey as well. With that search on his plate, will Mac want to also take on looking for a new men's head, our new men's head basketball coach? Uh, Big Apple Bucky, thank you. I think it's an interesting point. Like he just re, he, I mean, he just fired and uh, Paul Chris brought in Luke Fickle. He's got basketball. I think hockey's a bigger priority. Is he going to really be replacing all three of these coaches within a six month time span? I don't. I've said it before. McIntosh is a football guy. I don't think. He, I think he has more pay. He's going to have more patience with Greg Gard, in my opinion. Uh, football drives the money. Football drives the revenue. It's not that basketball isn't important. It obviously, is it's one of the two flagship programs. It's just he's not a basketball guy. I don't think it's going to matter quite as much. I think he's going to have more patience. And to Big Apple Bucky's point, he's also got to do this, this men's hockey thing has run its course, right? Granado, I think, is probably a dead man walking. Um, so I expect new men's hockey coach. It's a lot to our fire and replace three coaches in basically six months as a still relatively young athletic director. So I think it's a good point. I think hockey comes first. I think basketball is still in a wait and hold for Chris McIntosh, but I will say this. We never know with Mac, like nobody thought he was going to do what he did with football. So we'll, we'll be in a wait and see uh, Greg Lincecum, Greg, a lot of um, times on the show. So thank you, Greg, my friends, turn out the lights. His party's over. We're NIT bound. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I've been saying for a while, um, certainly not unique in that, that I don't think this team's going to, to be playing in March, Not at least not in the, the tournament that people care about. Uh, certainly more more in that lane following the Nebraska loss. I think even Rajiv has kind of moved over to that side. He was the last holdout on Positivity Island. Yeah, barring something crazy, right, which happens in sports sometimes, let's be real. Like, crazy things do happen in sports, but barring something crazy, this team is not playing in March. They're going to have to win some games that – they're not going to be favored in and probably a couple games in the Big Ten tournament as well, where Greg Gard hasn't been very good. So probably an IT bound. And here's a question for y'all. How much are y'all, how much is everybody going to pay attention to the NIT if the Badgers are there? I don't know. I don't even know how to feel about the NIT, right? That's such a foreign place for us. So yeah, I don't know. I agree, Greg. Uh, thank you for the comment. Let's see, Gus, and he had a longer comment, um, also talking about younger players not playing as much as they should, how the transfer portal is not going to be kind to us because, you know, we don't have a system that's going to attract high-level talent. He went on to say, would not be surprised to see Ilver, McGee, Hodges, Lindsay, or any combination of those guys leave the program. Now, not to be crass, and Gus, thank you for the comment, because I, I kind of agree with, I'm not going to be surprised to see a couple different guys leave the program, but is, is there some addition by subtraction potentially there, right? I'm just saying, like, I like Ilver. I like the film of Ilver when he came in. He doesn't seem to be getting a leash long enough under great guard to grow as a player. I mean, if McGee, Hodges can't find the court. We have no front court depth and he can't play. So, I'm like, if those players leave, I, I root for everybody that comes to the program. I root for nobody's failure. But I also root for a successful basketball program. If those players leave you have more scholarships to play with and you could probably find players more capable of filling into what great guard wants. Right. So yeah, I hear you. Those players could all leave a combination of them could leave. 
there's probably some addition by subtraction there, to be honest. Um, and again, I, I, I don't say that to try to be crass, but it's they're not playing on a bad team. That that tells you a lot of things. Uh, let's see, Regnar. Ho- hopefully this is Regnar Lothbrook, in which case I will agree with everything you say. Mac needs to go ahead, uh, go ahead to, or I'm sorry, Mac needs to go ahead and do like he did with the football program. Fire guard, swing big with the new hire. It is way past time for Badger basketball to join the modern age. I mean, I disagree with this, but I, I understand the sentiment. I understand where you're coming from, Regnar. Uh, you know, cer- listen, certainly, listen, if if Mac could find the Luke Fickle equivalent on the basketball side, whoever that may be, yeah, absolutely, right? Fickle's a home run. Uh, he's one of the, the he was one of the the most sought after coaches in all of college football. He could have almost named his destination. So yeah, if he if he can do that, absolutely. Right. Like I, I just don't know how realistic that is to get a coach of that caliber to come in. Um, and I also, I just, I've said it before. I just don't think you fire the coach after one down year. I know people will say it's part of a larger trend. I don't know. I, I thought the 2020 season guard had him playing really well, you know, guard had, with Bo Ryan's players, but he went to a couple sweet 16s last year. We won the big 10 conference. I think you can look throughout the tenure of gray guard and find, uh, cons- teams that consistently did well. I, I'm just not there with you. I don't think he needs to be fired yet, but I understand the sentiment. I appreciate the comment. And again, if you are Regnar Lothbrook, then um, I retract my disagreement and I agree with you wholly because I do not want to um, be on the wrong side of Regnar. Let's see. Let's keep going here. And again, appreciate all the comments. Old River Farm says 100% great guards fault for not getting better players in the portal. Agreed. Klusman has been a great pickup, but we need one to two more solid shooters. McGee was not a great pickup. Yeah. No, it's it's guard's fault. I, I agree with that. Like, fair or not, right? Fair or not, easy or not, irrelevant. You're the head coach of a major college basketball program. You're paid millions of dollars. It is your job to 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 set, to finalize, to fine tune, to finish, to build the roster. That's your job. It's not your only job. You got to coach them up. You got to develop them. You got to hire assistants. I mean, there's a lot of jobs. That's why these these jobs are very coveted. Right, you're you're in one of the best spots in the country as a college basketball coach. So, to to whom much is given, much is expected. And the portal wasn't good enough last year. We talked about that in the off season. Like, there's no front court depth. You know, there were there. I I think Klesman's a good pickup. Maybe you should have shot even higher, right? And maybe you should have. I, I think one of guards' things is, is is a loyalty factor, where he doesn't want to recruit over people necessarily. You should, you got to bring in more talent. You just have to. And again, I go back to the first segment of the show where we talked about this offseason is critical. He has to bring in the talent and egos be darned if that's an issue. Otherwise, again, or don't do that. And you're going to be out of a job in a couple of years, right? That's, that's the name of the game. More talent, please. You have to get it. You had a great year last year because you had an NBA talent. It's as simple as that. Um, so I agree, Old River Farm. I do put it on guard as well. I'm hoping that he gets that fixed. Let's go to the next comment. Bob Milborn, uh, thank you for the comments and for the support. Ryan, I realize you want to do football and basketball. How about a show on volleyball, which is our best sport at UW? Get the coach of uh, or get the coach on the show, the volleyball coach. Yeah, I don't know if people. I don't know, Bob. I uh, appreciate the the comment, guys, gentlemen, ladies. Um, are y'all interested in in shows outside of football and basketball? I, I asked that question before, and I had quite a few people tell me they're not that interested in it. Uh, I got to be honest, I'm not a volleyball guy. I don't know the sport. 
I certainly recognize the the greatness that Wisconsin has built on the women's volleyball side. They're incredible. Uh, it's a, it's you're probably correct. That's you are correct. That is the best program at Wisconsin. Um, I don't I don't know if people are interested in it. Let me know. Let me know in the comments if if y'all are. Same with um, women's basketball. If you're interested in that, I I'll, we'll try to talk about it. If people are interested in it, I'll have to l- learn the sport. Let's go uh, Eskimo 1984. Guard is a terrible in-game coach. Always has been. Be nice to have some type of consistent sub pattern or maybe something other than Hepburn one-on-one every last shot. So agree and disagree with this. Eskimo, thank you for the comment, 1984. Uh, I don't know if that's a birth year or not, but, you know, so you've been around for, for a while watching a lot of Badgers basketball. The, the And the reason I say that is maybe 1984 has nothing to do with your age, by the way, so I'm just kind of speculating there. But the, the one-on-one point guard stuff, Bo Ryan did that too. Like that – that a lot of coaches do that. And we talked about this on the previous show. I'm okay with it if you're, but I'm okay with it up to a degree, but it's not working with Hepburn right now. Right. So I, it is frustrating that guard isn't changing that aspect of it. The, the part of it. So I agree with that. The part of that, of your comment that I kind of disagree with, and I want to push back. I don't think he's a terrible in-game coach. I really don't. I, I just don't think you can win a conference as good as the big 10. If you're a bad in-game coach, I, is he? Are there things that he does that frustrate? Yeah, I think he takes players out too quickly with foul trouble. I thought I thought calling a timeout before, yes, before the 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 Nebraska uh, last twenty seconds of the game, and then just having continuing to have Chucky do a one on one isolation when you're not changing anything. I thought calling a timeout there was absolutely silly, right? Because it allowed Nebraska to set their defense, and you you didn't set anything up. I don't know what the point of that timeout was. There's so there's foibles that frustrate me. But I don't think he's a bad in-game coach because I don't think you can win a conference as a bad in-game coach without elite talent. So that's where I'm at on that one. Agree some and disagree, but please keep commenting. I appreciate it. All right, we're going to take a very quick break here. We still got like five or six, seven comments we're going to get to. We're going to talk about it. Really do appreciate everybody tuning into the show. Coming up next, we're going to continue talking about Chucky Hepburn. A couple really interesting questions and thoughts about maybe his best position going forward, team MVP. We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, Today's show is brought to you um, by our friends of the show, FanDuel. Um, Let me get this comment off here. There we go. Uh, Friends of the show, FanDuel, um, America's number one sports book. And it's because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first doesn't win. Who does that? FanDuel does that. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, the three-pointers drained. Um, I'm telling you right now, I've talked about this all year. Y'all have heard this all year. Suns are winning the title. Now they have Durant. They're plus 500. You know I'm on that. I bet with my heart. I always do. But sometimes my heart and my head kind of line up. I like where the Suns are at. So that's where I'm at. Um, Plus, you can do player props, rebounds, assists. Everything's on FanDuel. Anything you want to bet, plus many more exclusive bets. Um, like who who can make two three pointers in the first three minutes, for example? FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay. They do everything you need there. They're incredibly easy to use and get set up as well. If you're a first timer, don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com/lockedon. That's FanDuel.com/lockedon to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's keep going here. Um, a lot more comments I want to get to. Because, again, like y'all have great points, and we want to build this community up. And it's not a community if we're not trying to get all the viewpoints in here. So let's go with John Burns. Hepburn is hands down the Badgers MVP this year in post-game press conferences. He has owned the failure to deliver at game's end uh, when it was appropriate to do so. John, thank you for the comments. 
I, I put this up here because your first sentence, because people get so frustrated with Hepburn, and then your first sentence is hands down the Badgers MVP this year. And I started thinking about it. Yeah. Now it's it's a bit of a low bar because Tyler Walls regressed. Connor, as good as he been has been, doesn't have to carry the same water that Hepburn has to do. Crowell has been a little too inconsistent. Hepburn is the, the Badgers MVP this year. Uh and for all the frustration at times, he, he still had some really big moments. He has to carry a huge load, right? The primary ball handler. Uh, he's had some big-time defensive moments. He shot the ball really well from three. There's a lot to like there, and he's had a really solid year. Um, some of the late-game failures have probably shined a little more of a magnifying glass on him than is, is rightfully deserved. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think he has been the Badgers MVP this year. Good comment. Thanks, John. This is an interesting one from uh, Brian D., I believe they need to move Chucky to off guard to, you know, shooting our position and get a point guard in the portal. They play a three guard offense. Now bring Klesman off the bench, start Connor, Chucky, Crowell, Gus, and the new point guard next year. So in this hypothetical scenario, we go out and Brian, thank you for the comment. This is, this is great stuff. Go in the portal, get a point guard, move Chucky to the two. Now let's, let's put aside for a second, how Chucky would feel about that. Cause I have thoughts there as well. So let's, let's table that one. And let's just talk about the basketball. So you get a point guard, Chucky's the two, Connor's the three. Then you have um, Crowell. So I'm guessing Wall moves on. I think it, it's interesting from a standpoint of Hepburn is not a great assist guy. Um, and even though traditionally the Badger point guards aren't because of the type of offense we run, two games ago he had zero assists. Last game he had one assist. Like So he's not really creating for other teammates as much as you'd like your point guard to. I think defensively in that lineup you're going to have a lot of issues with, with Chucky at the two, Connor at the three. I think there's going to be some size and defensive issues, but you're going to get more shooting. I, I love Chucky's ability to shoot off the ball, right? Where he has open shots and he's really good in those moments. He could be more of a play. He could, he could benefit from that. You would need the right type of point guard. You need a bigger point guard who can take on bigger guards, uh, more of a pass first, really good defensive point guard. That was an athlete that could get downhill a little bit, distribute. If you had a guy like that with Chucky and Connor playing off of him, I think you can make, Hey, uh, you'd have a lot of shooting, and your bigger point guard, your hypothetical bigger point guard could take on the defensive assignment of the bigger opposing guard. So there's stuff there I like. I don't think just knowing basketball players and, and I don't think you're going to take Chucky, move him off to the two guard and, and have a happy Chucky Hepburn. So you do that and you're probably losing them would be my my very gut based on nothing reaction. So I, I like the the thought process of it. In reality, I think if you tried to do that, you would lose Chucky. So that, that's where I'm at with that. Brian, I, I like the comment. Appreciate it. Uh, this one from Akefo. I thought guard was going to have a cardiac issue at the end of regulation because Chucky didn't drive to the basket. He had to pause and collect himself. Yeah, you could tell. You could tell that shot was not well received, right? We're talking about the end of the Nebraska game, kind of the, the deep, deep shot. But listen, this is on guard too, right? Like, you're the coach, dude. You're, you're the coach. Take control. Like if, if if you see a pattern of Chucky not executing what you want to execute at the end of the game, then put him somewhere else and have someone else do it. And I get the cupboards bare. I really do. But at the end of the day, you're the coach, right? You, you put the players on the roster. You called a timeout beforehand. So I don't have a lot of sympathy for guard in that situation. And um, at the end of the day, he's, he's the head coach, right? It's on him. Now, now players can jack up a play they can go rogue but if you've seen it multiple times now over the course of the year and you're not getting what you want then you either need to be more precise and more demanding or you need to move some pieces around it is what it is that's where i'm at 
Uh, Akefo, thank you for the comment, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Muppy, oh no, Anthony Furness, sorry. Uh, feels a lot like Badgers football last year, a team that runs an offense from 20 years ago and a team that's lacking athletes. I think the narratives are similar, right? Uh, Anthony, thank you for the comment. I think the narratives are very similar when you're talking about the the Paul Christ offense, this, this offense here. The only thing I would say is I think guard, like, listen, he's laying in a bed of his own making, right? He made this roster, but we saw last year, Johnny Davis and that offense that they ran wasn't this offense. They, they moved a little quicker. They got up and down more. Johnny Davis had more ISOs. They, they ran different sets with Johnny Davis. He's going to run a more intricate explosive offense with more athletes. Now, again, it just always comes back to, can he get those players? And that's where, that's where we don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it is frustrating. Monty D friend of the show just says, this is getting ridiculous, angry emoticon. Yeah. Can't lose in Nebraska. hundred percent agree. Thank you, Monty. Uh, James Husby, six free throws, 33-point attempts. That's on guard. James, thank you for the comment. Yes and no. Again, in my opinion, all this is just my opinion, obviously, but yes and no. It's I had a, I had a coach tell me one time, no matter how much you want to, to try, to hope, to pray, a player is going to be who they are. And what he means by that is, or kind of the meaning behind that is, you can't get players to do stuff they're not capable of doing, right? There's nobody on the roster that can get downhill consistently to generate contact at the rim to generate free throws they're just we don't have that guy and our post players are too inconsistent to generate free throws so from an in-game situational tactical standpoint i don't know if there's much guard can do to generate more free throws like this team is what it is and that's where I, from like i don't think you can coach them to get more free throws at this point you know what i mean and in that sense i don't blame this on guard we got a team of jump shooters not a team of, of drivers or slashers we don't play in transition and our post players are kind of soft that team's not that's a recipe of a team that doesn't shoot free throws now where it is guard's fault is he recruited the roster right we keep going back to it he has the pieces of the puzzle he put them out there this team is not conducive to generating free throw attempts uh i don't think there's much guard can do in a game to game situation to solve that though not this year we kind of are who we are um tom nieces thank you tom as always for the comments one more comment on connor better ball handling will likely lead to more attacking which will lead to more free throws he's got to get to the line five or six times a game yeah and i think that's his future i really do I think Connor's going to put on more weight. He's going to get better with ball handling, and he's an excellent free throw shooter. He already is able to get downhill to the rim a little bit. He's going to get better around the rim, and I do think that is his future, Tom. I think he's going to be one of the best free throw shooters in the conference. I think he's going to be getting there five or six a lot, but he's definitely three, four times a game is going to get into the free throw line. If he's getting five or six with his ability to shoot, he's he's an all-conference player, period, right? Because he's going to make in his prime in the next couple of years four, five, three you know, four threes a game, three threes a game. That's nine to 12 points right there. If he's getting six free throw attempts, right? That's, and he's going to hit 90% of those. We're at 17 points a game. And you know, he's going to hit a couple mid rangers. Like that's a 20 game score, 20 points a game score. If he's getting to the line five or six times, that that's an all comp, like first team, all conference guy. I think he can do it too. Five or six is a lot though, but he's going to get it there more as his, as his game and his handle progresses. I agree. Uh, Muppy B says, I like that you stopped in the middle of your Chase Wolf backup take. There's good backup tech or good backup talent at the quarterback spot that'll figure itself out in fall camp. It's now a solid position. Uh, Muppy B, I agree. I was, I was kind of worried about it. And then I talked to Justin and then I thought, you know, a lot of quarterbacks don't need multiple years and I've come more around to the fact that I'm not as worried about it anymore. I think the quarterback depth is, is pretty good. So I, I've kind of come back around on this one. Thomas Miller. Uh, thank you again, Muppy B for the comment. 
Uh, this one was inexcusable. No adjustments made from the time Nebraska started a 22 run and the lack of depth killed us. Excuse me. All the starters played from the nine minute mark out. Thomas, friend of the show. Thank you for the comment. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree with the first part. Inexcusable. Like you can't lose that game. That's not a good Nebraska team. You're still potentially able to fight your way into March. You gave up a 20 to two run. Inexcusable is a great word. Like you cannot lose that game. And there's, there's no excuses for it. Now we know the reasons, right? Like it's not a good team. The depth isn't there, but you still got to find a way to win that one. I agree, Thomas. And then Timothy Palm said, Wisconsin played better for an entire game when Jordan Davis was starting and the bench was getting around uh, 60 minutes per game. Listen, yeah, I, I think they probably did, but you just you just don't have enough bodies either way. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say I was right because I I, I thought Connor should keep him off the bench. You, you need a Connor on both sides. You need a Connor in the starting lineup and on the bench. There's just not enough depth. I, I, would, I still like Connor off the bench, by the way. I still think Davis with Wall, Krell, and Hepburn fits better. Like, it gives him a better defensive presence, a little more size. And then Connor can come in as a spark off the bench. I still think that's the better roster alignment, but I don't think it also matters that much to, in the big picture because you just don't have enough good bodies overall, right? So thanks, Tim, uh, for the comment. Um, and, and I think you're onto something there, but I don't know if there's a big picture fix for it. All right, with that, we're wrapping up today. Thank you so much for all the comments. Really do appreciate it. Uh, on Wisconsin, we're going to talk again tomorrow. I should be back at the home base tomorrow, which I'm, I'm pretty – darn excited about but on wisconsin appreciate all your comments as always we try to get them up on the show really really do want to say thank you to everybody tuning in listening supporting y'all are the best on wisconsin let's go